And I was like, Mark, I'm just imagining an 18-year-old you sitting like right there and it's blowing my mind, you know? Just like so hard to conceive of how crazy that is and now I'm here with him now. It's all blending together and I'm just going, how did I... How did I get to live this life? How did I end up doing this? This is ridiculous. You know, it was just, it was wild. That's Jordan Cannon, rock climbing athlete for Arcteryx and Mark Hudon, Yosemite living legend and big wall free climbing pioneer. And this is the Wilder Mind Podcast. My mind grows wilder When I stoke that fire inside Hear the call in the distance It's a long road worth your while And welcome to the Wilder Mind Podcast. I am your host, Cody Camerlin, and thank you so much for being here with the pod. Today, we'll hear from Jordan Cannon and Mark Hudon, live from a recording several months back at Mesa Rim Climbing in San Diego, California. With a partnership spanning 39 and a half years, that's an exact figure, they ran the numbers, Mark and Jordan have gained a large amount of attention from many in the climbing community who love following the adventures throughout the American Southwest and beyond. Although it's not just their age span that grabs the attention, it's the go-hard ethic, their commitment to climbing as free as can be, and their dedication to making sure that no matter what the mission, fun is job one. Take just a couple of minutes to watch one of Jordan's Instagram videos chronicling any one of their objectives, and you'll find a story about more than just a day of rock climbing, but of the meaning behind it all. Mark and Jordan bring the viewer along, start to finish, making you feel as if you're part of it, as if you're there with them, as if it's all something bigger than just climbing, which it is. And through these two, we can gain a rare perspective on life. Jordan still in the early stages of his and Mark in the latter. They joke and make light, but the reality is, as Mark puts it, I'm sort of looking at the end and he can't even see the end. Which puts it all into such a stark juxtaposition. This journey that they're living is a nearly complete story through their individual views all told at once. From the same bivy ledge, the same rope, and the same wall. Who knows if and when such a tale will be told again. And after listening, you should check out the show notes for some article links and a Mountain Project forum page about the duo. Spoiler alert, there's not a single disparaging comment, which in the world of forums has to be a unicorn. And last, I want to send out a huge thanks to all of the incredible folks that helped put this event together. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Far too kind. Sarah Phillips and Kate Cowper from Mesa Rim, Ryan Hardigan of Golden State Guiding, Annie Sue and Gray Halsney of Arcteryx, Brian Nowicki and Blair Callahan of Select Physical Therapy San Diego, Leslie Kim of Dynamite Starfish, Eric Chrisman of Elevation Culture, Nick and Lindsay of the American Alpine Club San Diego Chapter, Maxim Ropes, The Access Fund, Sufferfest Beer Company, and Ballast Point Brewing. And last, but certainly not least, my good pal Greg Nowicki of Greg Nowicki Photography for his hard work in putting together the intro video and documenting the event. This community is incredible, and it's a damn fine honor to be a small part of it. Now, let's do the damn thing.
This is a this is pretty special for me. Um, like I'm sure a lot of you, I first wandered into Mesa Rim when I really needed something else in my life to like help unravel things. And so this community and climbing and the folks at Mesa have been really key in that. And that was like three years ago now. So um, I actually have relocated to Salt Lake, but I was super excited to come back to San Diego to do this because this community is very very special. So. Really happy that you all showed up, that, that Mesa allowed us to do this here. And um, so without further ado, please help me welcome Jordan Cannon and Mark Hudon. Awesome. Check, check, check. I think we're good. All right, so Jordan and Mark, thank you guys for coming out. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'd like to say, super cool getting to see everybody up in person or in person, you know. Mark and I are constantly amazed by how many people follow our story and all the crazy messages we get. And it kind of just, yeah, we think it's really funny. So thanks for being here. It's cool to see, it's cool to see you guys. So you're here um, before you head down south for the winter down to Potrero, or are you going to go further down than that? Uh, La Ventana. Oh, love and nice. North of Cabo, a couple hours. Yeah. Tell them about your winter plans. Yeah, well, let's gonna, hear these. I'm going to park uh, about 100 yards from the beach. I'm going to set my rig up a little easy up. Um, I'm not going to move my rig for three months. I'm going to camp under that easy up, so I'm essentially camping under the stars for three months. I'm going to kiteboard every single day it blows, and three days a week I'm going to take Spanish lessons. Um, and you're not going to rock climb at and all. I'm not going to rock climb at all. <laughs> uh, I'm only barely going to think about rock climbing. But um, I'm, good, I'm doing that for till March 10th. Wow. So definitely not enjoying retirement whatsoever. No, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it. It's it's a terrible thing. Um, we do actually have a trip to Portero Chico planned that I talked him into. Uh, for, for Christmas and New Year. Nice. Yeah, for 10 days. Because oh. you're also psyched on just learning how to speak Spanish and visit different places in Mexico, and he's never been there. Yeah. It's a pretty yeah. good vacation zone. Oh, yeah, get immersed down there. Yeah, because yeah. you've been working on the Spanish for, like, religiously for a while now. Yeah, I'm not very smart. It takes a long time. <laughs> yeah. That's why we climb rocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm going down just for two weeks at the beginning of his Mexico vacation just to take a little vacation of my own and uh, ex visit a different part of Mexico. And then I'll be back climbing all, all summer, or all, all winter. Oh, awesome. A few trips to Mexico, be around here in Vegas, and one trip to Spain, so. And oh, then, wow. And then we'll meet back up in the spring. Yeah, getting those Arcteryx trips in there now. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and so you uh, just came off of Yosemite season. Mm -hmm. So uh, could you step us back, like, the eight months or so before that, like, all the training for, because uh, we ultimately want to arrive at, uh, at Freerider. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll kind of get there through the eight months that it took you to get ready for it. Well, okay, so I was in La Ventana last year, and Jordan and I had this plan that we were going to climb Freerider together. And so March 10th, I showed up at Joshua Tree and met up with Jordan, and we, we started climbing. Um... And so that was, you know, I was sort of on the road to Freerider. I had told Jordan that I, want, that I wanted to dedicate a year of my life to, to climbing Freerider, and that was the start of it. So um, I'm retired. I live in a van. I have unlimited time. I can do whatever I want. 
And so we just started in Joshua Tree and just started climbing routes and getting back in shape and ended up with Joshua Tree, Red Rocks, Moab, Zion. Bishop, Yosemite. Bishop, Yosemite, yeah. Yeah, basically we hit the road in, in Joshua Tree last spring and kind of leading up to a, a big Yosemite season um, at the end of the spring before the summer came around. Um, and our plan was to try climb this route called Golden Gate, which we did, and then put in an attempt on the free rider. Um, but we kind of weren't able to, to do that, so that got pushed back to the, to the fall this, this season. So we climbed um, around Donner Summit in the Hulk all season, um, went to Smith Rock and a few other trips, and then kind of brought it back to um, another fall season in Yosemite where we were able to do, do the free rider um, multi-day for Mark and then in a day for me, and then that kind of brings us up to now. And when you're out on those trips and um, are you looking for things that style similar to it or is it purely just getting in endurance and mileage? Miles was what it was. Yeah, the, the main goal for that trip was to just climb a lot together, visit new places, have fun, climb really classic routes that were, um, you know, that challenged us or taught us some history about the, the areas we were visiting. And then, um, yeah, just try and like build upon, because Mark hadn't been climbing that much and to free climb El Cap multi-day, you have to be able to do basically five multi-pitches in a row where you're just constantly getting more tired as the route gets more difficult. So just trying to build up all of that, that endurance over time. Oh, so yeah, for sure. wasn't for, too much to deal with. For me, I had to, um, I mean, now, you know, everyone goes, oh, yeah, 512, 512, 512, 512. You know, that's sort of like entry Definitely level. Definitely not everybody. Beginner. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, people. It's, it is said. But, um, like, I, you know, this is, I don't want to brag or anything, but I was one of the first people to climb 512 in the United States. Um, so for me, 512 has always been difficult, and I've just had this thing in my mind where 512 is difficult. So one of my goals was just to climb a whole lot of 512 pitches just so that I was really relaxed with climbing 512. So, you know, after getting in shape, doing more and more climbing, we just started in on those things, and so it ended up being... I ended up climbing 50 pitches of 512 this year, which is, I think, the most I've climbed in my life, which is crazy. That's I amazing. I mean, in, in one year, yeah. That is 49 more than I've climbed this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, I want to talk more about, we, we chatted about this earlier, the fun aspect, because I love that Mark brought that into your climbing, because when I first met you, it was um, conversations about how you like, would roll through partners, because it was you yeah. know, very militant, which it still is, and I know that you guys are getting at it hard, but what was, you said, if it ain't fun, it ain't done? Well, let me just start off and say that I'm young and dumb, and I'm willing to climb through bad conditions, and climb when I'm tired, and I don't know, just kind of grind more to get certain things done, um, at the sake of having fun sometimes, and it was really cold when we showed up in Joshua Tree and Mark was coming from, you know, three months in Baja where he was wearing shorts and flip-flops and <laughs> it was frigidly cold and he was not psyched and I was just kept hammering away like I would have with anyone and uh, yeah, you had to calm so me I, down from that. So I just, I just set, set Jordan down one day and I just said, okay, we're going to free climb Freerider. I said, I, and, and, but it has to be fun. You know, back when I was a kid, 
if if it wasn't difficult, well, I didn't really even want to talk to you, you know? I mean, I wouldn't even talk to my friends who had just taken all of, like, three days to climb the rigged route on Half Dome. You know, if you couldn't climb it in five hours, <laughs> I didn't even want to talk to you. I mean, I was a kid, so okay. <laughs> so, but now in my life, I've just realized that, that fun has become job one and difficulty, although I still want to do it, it's fun is the most important thing. So I just told Jordan, I said, if it ain't fun, it ain't done, you know, so, so we just, it, it has to be fun. Oh, yeah, and, and so, it's critical. You know, like me, I don't know, you might see a picture of me standing here in this big old honking down jacket. I think it's well, the next photo, actually. The uh, Wait for it. I mean, like, <laughs> Jer like Jordan said, I had just been La Ventana. I mean, the most I ever wore, yeah, there. <laughs> the most I ever wore was shorts and a t-shirt and these two flaps. So it was only four things. So Mark just have, belayed me that day. I've got like 19 layers on right there. And I just said, I don't really care. It doesn't bother me. I'm not that interested. So it, it was a little bit different thing for Jordan, but he, he realized we could still go, you know, climb stuff, difficult, but it had to be fun. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and also I think, I mean, everyone's mostly, I'm sure, aware there is a 40-year age difference. Is it 39.5? 39.5, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> exactly, actually. We're born on the same date of the month. Wow. So it is exactly. Exactly, 39.5. Wow, that is, you guys have very specific, like the 99.79% the yeah, free, yeah, yeah, like yeah, we'll, yeah. which we'll we get to. We sat there to. and calculated that out. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. So that's the, when we all talk about climbing and sustainable, I think that this is a great example of how sustainable it is. Um, and because we're going to now talk about Freerider, that is uh, Mark going 40 years after he and Max Jones went free as can be and, I mean, set the standard for free climbing on the Salat Bay. Uh -huh. And so, uh, yeah, take us there. Like, that's wild. Well, this, okay, so 1979, spring of 1979, Friends had just come out. So um, a friend is a cam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those of you that don't okay. know. <laughs> All right. But, uh, and so we realized that maybe we could actually protect the head wall, and we thought, wow, that would be cool. We could go up there. We had both aid climbed the route before, so we knew generally what it was like. And so we used to just sit around, would look at the topo and go, okay, well, look at it. It says this many you know, inch and a half angles. Well, inch and a half angles, that's like a hand jam, you know, thin hand jam. So look, you can climb all that stuff. So, and then we thought, okay, we can free climb this, free climb that, free climb this. So we just went up there. We thought, why not just go free climb as much as we can and aid whatever's left? You know, I mean, who cares? There's probably going to be some great free climbing up there. So we just went up and even to this day, I remember some of the most fun climbing days of my life. We, uh, we hauled our bag up to Hollow Flake Ledge and then left it and then just grabbed a free climbing rack. Just, you know, and Max and I were, we never took a lot of gear and so it was a, a small rack. And we, and this just wasn't done back then. And we just, we had three ropes and so we strung three ropes all those, probably all the way to the bottom of the ear. And it was like, wow, check this out. We're free climbing way up here on El Cap. This is cool. And so then, you know, we wrapped down, spent the night. Next day, hauled, got up to like the spire, and then went off and did the same exact thing. Just free climbed a bunch of ropes up higher. We're just going, wow, this is neat. This is cool. This is fun. You know, and it didn't, 
we didn't care that if it had if it had been free climbed before or if we were free climbing it for the first time. We just were free climbing these pitches. So then we ended up um, there was a party behind us, which was you know rare for even back then, and so we told them to get ahead. And uh, he was below the roof of the South A, and we came around the corner, and, and he looked and he yelled down. They had been following our chalk the whole way. And he said, uh, he said I don't think you're going to be able to free climb this one. And Max and I looked at each other, and we laughed. Because <laughs> we were just so confident. And so, so like, I free climbed the first enduro pitch, and then Max set off to free climb the second enduro pitch, was, which was the crux aid pitch of the South A when it first got done. And this guy never stopped looking at Max the whole time. His, his leader was just always yelling, slack, 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 slack. <laughs> and so, uh, so Max ended up free climbing it. And then, um, and then I followed it first try. And, and I mean, so that was, you know, like the first free ascent of the Enduro Corners in, in um, 19, May of 1979. Which is the poster of Free Solo now? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Alex, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That. That's noting. Yeah. So I free climbed that before Alex was born. <laughs> 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 and I've told him that. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, flash forward to, to well, YouTube, you going up. That was well, I'm having a lot of thoughts right now. Yeah, let's um, hear them all. <laughs> well, so that, so that history of Mark and Max on the South, that was like a step in the right direction to bring free climbing on El Cap what it is today. And when I got into climbing, um, that was already a thing, you know, and it's totally changed the direction that I've that I've taken my climbing and have, have taken my life in a way. So it's cool, that's why Mark has been a hero of mine because I know of that history and how it's affected me and you know. Um, so that's why I was really excited when I finally got to meet him and because, I mean, I don't know, that was 40 years ago, right? Yeah. Okay, and you got in and out of climbing throughout those 40 years till now and you climbing know. has changed dramatically, you oh, know. Yeah. Now, like I'm saying, for somebody like me, younger, getting into climbing, um, free climbing on El Cap is a thing. And Mark had gotten back into it, and it was kind of cool to put up the idea for him to return back to the route and kind of bring it full circle for himself, you know? Oh, and yeah. that knowing that I could be a good partner to help him do that. Because, because I've only climbed the free rider as a younger, you know, newer climber these days because of the progression that Mark started back in the day. And Absolutely. if Mark was a modern Mark, if Mark was a modern climber now, he would have already done it. So I'm really inspired by the idea of the older generational climbers who were really, really good, but you know, we're just on a different timeline in the history of climbing, and so never really got to do the cool new thing, which is free climbing on caps. So Absolutely for right. Mark to come back and try, I think, is really cool. Well, in that respect, um, we were in, uh, well actually in October last year. I was with Jordan and, and our friend Samuel in Yosemite, and Jordan was on a uh, hangdog flyer. And right after he got off, he calls Uncle Mark up. And uh, things hadn't gone quite as planned, and uh, I, I believe that what Samuel had said, you ate like all the peanut butter cups that night because you were upset you might have let Mark down. So. <laughs> there are cookies, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was pretty great. I didn't send yet. <laughs> but yeah, so now the two of you, you're on this whirlwind trip, and you got more to take down. But uh, 
So what was it like to be out there and like, I mean, you said some things about the monster, the night there, and uh, there were just some different like, what we would all probably think of as pretty epic. On on, well, on this ascent? Yeah. Uh, my ascent? Yeah, on this one. Uh, going just going to dive, dive into the your ascent? Yeah, let's jump into the 99.79% free ascent. Okay. Um. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, all right. So I'm an old guy. Don't give too many details. Okay. We'll be well, here all is, night. This is, this is, <laughs> and, and like I start, I first tried to start free climbing El Cap in 19, in 2015. I mean, my next go round. So I failed a couple of times, but that whole winter before I had started off with that, this one guy, David Fay, I thought, okay, I'm going to have to be the best climber I've ever been. I'm going to have to climb really efficiently. I'm going to have to use my feet. I'm going to have to be in balance. I can never work against myself. I can't hang on my arms. You know, I have to climb perfectly. And so I had this idea, okay, you climb real well, climb real well, control your heart, control your breathing. And so when Jordan and I finally, after all this work, I was going, okay, perfect moves, perfect moves. And we started at 6 o'clock at night so that we could get, because we needed to get to the monster before the thing got in the sun. So, you know, we had this whole sequence. Well, um, I think it's, it's worth noting the style that we're trying to climb this route. Um, and we're trying to do it team-free, which basically means um, I didn't want Mark to, or I didn't want it to be like the biggest thing, even though it kind of was, you know, I didn't want it to overwhelm you. So we tried to approach it basically the same way we would every other route that we've done, whether it's a 10 pitch route in Red Rocks or, you know, an eight pitch route at the Hulk, but for multiple days, you know. So we're swapping leads, we're both trying to free climb every single pitch, but obviously Mark's the, Mark's the main priority for really trying to, trying to do it. Awesome. So we started that night and, you know, I got the roof pitch, I, I just, danced right over it and it was just it was really really cool because it got really dark and the stars were out and we're climbing with headlamps and it's really quiet in the valley so we don't have to yell or anything we're doing these giant 80 meter pitches and just go just just saying to each other okay off belay you know not needing to yell or scream or anything um the stars were out the bats were flying around and i was just I really was climbing perfect moves. It was really, really neat. It was one of the best climbing experiences I've had. And so we climbed to Mammoth. We did the down climb. We climbed across Hart. We ended up bivvying on Long Ledge for like three hours. Like an alpine nap. Yeah, well, because it's <laughs> free climbing nap. on Ocap in the, in the fall is logistically challenging because the sun is actually hotter than it is in the spring, even though like the air temperature is cooler. Um, just because it sits in the sun way, way longer. Oh, and sure. then the days are shorter, and so yeah. it gets actually more sun exposure. So that's why we started climbing at 6, right before the sun went down, climbed through the night, kind of like took a three-hour nap, and then kept climbing in the morning um, to to get basically halfway up the route before the first crux got into the shade or into uh, the yeah. sun. Maximize so, weather on, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of... And it was, it was a good start because normally you're waking up at 2 a.m. and you're rushing to the base and you're hoping that there aren't people behind you or on the route ahead of you. And then you're trying to beat the clock before the sun gets there. So you're kind of, it's like kind of stressful sometimes. Oh, sure. So it was really yeah. cool to start at the end of the day oh, and yeah. just like take our time and climb under the stars and we're the only ones up there and it's really quiet. It's just, it was a good, it was a good start, I'd yeah. say. It was great. So we continued up and continued above Hollow Flake. And again, I was just really, you know, it was just, it's, 
it's just, I mean, aside from it being fun, I just want to appreciate the beauty of it. I want to see the stars. I want to, you know, hear the bats. Um, I just, that's the whole experience. You know, f the rock climbing is one thing, but that's not the only thing. There's, there's that whole being there that I wanted to do. And then Jordan and I have been climbing together so much that we just know what the other guy's doing. So it was really, really fun, really really relaxing just enjoyable we're, we've spent a lot of time on el cap so just we knew where we were in the dark you know we're coming up to this thing um got light right around the ear yeah so basically the ear where the monster off with start does everybody know the monster off with this yes. okay um that's actually where we ended up retreating um in the spring um for, for family, Mark's family reasons, we weren't able to, to follow through with the climb. Um, so there's kind of like a little bit of baggage there, right? And then it's also just a long, tiring day when you're 63 trying to climb on El Cap. It's like a big day to get to the alcove in a day. Oh, um, yeah. And then this is like the first part of the route where it gets steep and then you just have like this big intimidating pitch. So you got a little tired there. I got, I got tired and it's really powerful. The down climb is really powerful and I've done that. I've done that pitch first try a couple times, and I've failed miserably on that pitch. I mean, the down climb a couple times. So I didn't really know what was happening, what's going to happen. I ended up failing miserably on it, and I was sort of. I was just. I was very tired. It was in the sun. I was just. I was really tired. I was, and I got really depressed. Um, Jordan led the pitch. Yeah. So basically, I led Ace it in the hole, and then Mark, Mark, <laughs> Mark, Mark, Ju Mark up and. You know, we set up camp and I was like, it's, you know, he started to get kind of depressed. In your mind, when you're approaching a big climb like this, ideally you want it to happen perfectly. And you say, you don't expect to fall here. Maybe you expect to fall here and the rest, you know, but it never goes as according to plan. And so you kind of have to be prepared for that. Yeah, you might slip on a pitch you've never fallen on before, but that you can't let that throw off your whole game, you know? It's just, you just have to deal with it, take, it, take them as they come and figure out how to get it done and then move on. So that was kind of the advice that I gave at the time. Which was perfect. But there's that part that, that Jordan, we've talked about it enough, but we, he can't see it because I'm sort of looking at the end and he can't even see the end over the, you know, the arc of his life. I mean, the arc I've, of my youth, <laughs> the arc of your youth. Yeah. The arc of your, so, I mean, I've climbed El Cap 33 times. I mean, I'm not going to climb El Cap 33 more times. I mean, I'll be happy if I climb it 10 more times. Jordan could easily climb El Cap 50 more times. So, I mean, there's a lot of future left for him, but there's not a lot of future left for me. So I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm 63. That's great. That's really cool that I go free climb El Cap. Well, I can't go devote a year of my life to go free climb to try to free climb El Cap again next year. I mean, I just can't do it. It was just mentally very, very, very. It was the most. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, so, so I'm sort of looking like, okay, Hudon, here you go. You know, you can't be wasting strength, time, energy down here because you still got you know, this hard rock climb ahead of you. So I'm going, oh man, okay, I gotta figure this out. I gotta get this done. So Jordan, you know, we got to the alcove, we got set up, we set up the portal edge, we set up the fly, we're in the shade, we're sitting up there watching um, episodes of Breaking Bad <laughs> on, our, on our cell phone. 
And, I, you know, Jordan's giving me the pep talk. And it's, okay, tomorrow we'll wrap down there and you'll do it. And it's no big deal, blah, 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 blah. Which is exactly what happened. You know, I wrapped down there. And I actually didn't do the down climb. I wrapped all the way down and did the whole Bermuda Dunes pitch. Which is just a variation. Yeah. Yeah. So I did it. So I was all Anyways, up. yeah. So that was the first, like, hurdle, I guess you could say. Yeah. Put us a little bit behind schedule. And there were actually a lot of people on the wall. And then our friends Sam and Ted were wrapping in to, to try and film. They're trying to make a movie about these, That's these climbs right. we've been doing. So it was a – and – Mark and I are trying to team free this route, but at the same time, I'm taking the responsibility of doing all the work to conserve energy for him. So we basically got to the alcove, we finished that pitch and then moved on to the Teflon just a few pitches above, which is the crux of the route and the only bit of the route that Mark ha has never free climbed um, in like working missions, you know, um, trying to prepare for it and stuff. So that's kind of where, where the real business started. Yeah. And we got there midday. It's in the sun all day. Um, and so got to try it for the first time in the afternoon once it went into the shade. No, we waited till the morning. I got up, we got up early in the morning. Really? Do, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Whatever. I think you tried it at the end of the day, but. Well, I did. Okay. Well, anyway, so if I tried it at the end of the day, I tried it. I tried it. We got up at four in the morning the next morning. Because it right goes in the shade and the sun at nine. Yeah, it's impossible. So you, you gotta, wow. you gotta get to it. And I just, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll try to be smart. I'll try to work it from the top, and you know, wire out the last moves and just sort of work my way down. Um, and I was able to do. Eh, I'll be generous with myself and say that it was I did the last third, um, and I got that pretty wired. The second bolt was about about my waist, and I could climb out from there. But as I tried to move lower and climb up, I could just never really. Well, never, never let's 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 paint a picture for them of what the Teflon looks like. Basically, it's 20 feet long. It's a yeah. water polished corner, protected by two bolts, and there's no holds on there's the no entire holds. thing. You're just pressing with your palm and stemming with your legs, and just praying that you can you know piece it together and not slip off. It's very core intensive and it's hard to try many times in a row because you just, your whole body gets exhausted. So, and it, and there's, it's the type of thing that doesn't really have beta, you know, it's not a boulder problem where it's left hand here, right hand there, yeah. left foot out. It's like, you, you kind of just have to go off of intuition and feel. So it's a really hard thing to piece together. Yeah. So I was up there for a couple hours working on it. And it, I got that last part wired, but I could never really get the other part. Um, we, had, we had wrapped the route earlier to work on it just so I could just work that particular thing. And I, and I put a big giant blister in the palm of my, of my uh, left hand, which was, start, you know, was really delicate skin. So I was actually wearing a crack glove backwards. So I had the, I had the, the, the rubber on my palm. Um, and I was just, I was trying to do these moves and I could do one or two moves and I would fall and I couldn't do those moves and I would pull up and it just didn't seem like it was happening. It didn't, you know, like I've climbed 12D and I usually get 12D, I usually see some progress, but I wasn't really seeing anything. Um, and so we went down to the portal edge and, you know, I'm trying to be happy and trying to be, um, trying to be positive and so... I went to bed, but I was thinking, okay, well, 
there's probably a good chance that I'm not going to be able to do it. And so actually that evening, we definitely tried it again. But the fun part is that once it goes into the sun and you wrap back to camp, you just watch Breaking Bad all day and take naps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which was totally fun. <laughs> <laughs> so there's and only so much can do, you can do if you're not sending and you're not able to climb, you know? You just that's a good out. point. And I mean... And, and we've hung out on El Cap enough that we're relaxed on El Cap. I mean, we're, we're relaxed. It's no, when we're hitting our, hanging on the portal edge, we're just, you know, we're eating food. We're sitting there, watch Breaking Bad. We're leaning over the edge, taking pictures and looking and joking around and stuff. So it's, it's like being home for us. But I went up that night, and it's so full body that I just I tried to do these moves and it just requires so much strength and I was trying to do the first move off this little pedestal which is the crux and I had sort of done it before but there was just no way I could do it again and I went oh boy this isn't looking good and there's still like 1800 feet of hard climbing above you right I mean that's yeah yeah, yeah. so that was heavy on my mind too yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Over the times that we've been up on the route and then on our actual push, he had he tried the Teflon corner maybe like six different sessions or something, and just never really saw much progress. And so it's kind of over over the years. I had spent six days. Yeah. You know, parts of six days on it. Wow. Yeah. That's a so lot. <laughs> we we went into it knowing that there was a possibility that he wasn't going to be able to do this pitch and what that would look like and what our plan next to it would be which is free as can be which is the men you know why don't you talk well, about that one of the things i i you know like fun is job one and i thought and there was i i started thinking about this earlier and i thought i don't want to i don't want to let my desire for success ruin the possibility of failure you know i didn't want to just be all you know oh shit piss fuck i didn't do it you know, I didn't do it. I wanted to just be happy with it. I you wanted to be happy with the experience. You mean ruin the possibility of fun? Well, no, ruin the possibility of ruin the possibility of failure. You know, like I still wanted to enjoy failure, right. even if mm -hmm. I wanted mm -hmm. I wanted to get at the top. And even though I had failed, okay, I didn't free climb El Cap. You know, I mean, I really like to free climb El Cap, but I didn't free climb El Cap. I didn't want. It's still, I had. It was one of the best climbing experiences of my life. And I free climbed all but 15 feet, so I'm going to go for that, you know? Yeah, I mean, if absolutely. you want to, you know, you can put on my tombstone, fun is job one. I mean, that's what I want to do. And so, so the next day when I went up there and I gave it some tries and I went, nah, that ain't going to happen. I mean, we could, I could rest here for three days and I could go try it again, but I don't think things are going to happen. So yeah. we continued on. And it wasn't as, like, depressing as you might think, like, oh, he didn't send the crux yeah. and gave up, you know? That sounds kind of dramatic. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some people might just say screw it and bail from there and, you know, not yeah. not climb the rest of the route. But that was our plan. We knew that there was a possibility he wasn't going to be able to do it, but still wanted to free the rest of the route as much as he could. Yeah. Um, which right. still, there's still hard 512 climbing at the top, so. Oh, yeah, plenty of hard stuff ahead, and the experience outweighs those 15 feet, right? Yeah, That's and, and, and it, was, it was sort of the same thing that Max and I started doing back then in 1979, 
we say, let's just go do it as free as can be. Let's just go do, there's got to be some great free climbing pitches up there. Wouldn't that be cool if we can go free climb this or free climb that? You know, if we have to aid this, have to aid that, so what? Who cares? Let's just, yeah. awesome free climbing pitches. And so I went, you know what? There's a bunch of really good free climbing up there, and I'm going to have climbed this whole thing with 10 feet of aid, 15 feet of aid. That's going to be really cool. Yeah, because that was the mentality they were approaching before any route on El Cap went free. And a lot of people weren't willing to try because they were like, well, there's like a 90% chance we're not going to be able to free all of it, so why go do it? Yeah. When they were like, I don't know, there's like a splitter 510 hand crack up there that looks awesome. I want to go climb that. You know, and then they freed way more than I thought. So oh, still yeah. like approaching it with that mentality, not letting that 10 feet that he couldn't do prevent him from enjoying and climbing the rest of the route. Well, that's a big lesson. Like I think for everybody that we all try to learn, even in like our own, not maybe our LCAT missions, but even, you know, nine pitches out in Takeheats on Whodunit or something. If you can't get the whole thing 100%, it's not the biggest deal. Like getting to the top is a huge success. So, so yeah. if you pull on one cam or something, you know, you can beat yourself up over it, or you can figure out that move and go back and get it later on. And that that's like, this just shows like how critical it is to just have fun, get to yeah. the top and create an experience. I always tell Jordan that when he comes visit me in the old folks home, when I have those, those oxygen tubes up my nose, I'm gonna be going, Jordan, we, you know when I free climbed El Cap and we had so much fun, and he's gonna be going, yeah, yeah, you free climbed it. It's, you know, I wouldn't even remember the route. You know, I don't remember, like, when we did it. But it's like, we had so much fun, you know. And he'll be going, yeah, we had a riot up there. That was great. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, so, so that's what that's what you're going to die with. You're not going to die with, I climbed Astro Man or, you know, I free climbed this or that. You're going to go, I died. I, 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 I climbed this with, with a really good friend. I had a really great time. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm going to remember climbing up those slabs with the stars and the bats and stuff. I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. Oh yeah. That's, and I don't know if anybody else here does this, but like, especially when I first started to climb, I would spend so much freaking time on mountain project, like getting my ticks right, the dates right, making sure that it was all in there and logged. And then you realize when you're doing that, you're just replaying the memories the whole time. You know, like, yeah, maybe that was like the day I sent my first 12, but like that doesn't really matter compared to I was out there with my friends and you remember yes. the, the stupid crap you did that maybe no one else would think is funny, but it was really, really important. And, um, and this, the, the, this whole thing you have going on, this whole adventure is, is showing all of us like how critical that is at no, no matter what the age. Um, and so I think that's like a huge, like free as can be is something that like I keep in my mind as a mantra now when I climb or do anything. Because it's do as much as you can in the way you want to, and the rest of it just get through it. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And we still we still push ourselves. We ch still try and climb hard oh, things yeah. that are challenging for us. But you know, at the same time, we're not losing sight of what's most important, and that gives climbing more meaning at the end of the day. Oh yeah, and I, and Mark, I was telling you earlier, reading the uh, Rock and Ice article about that. I mean, I got emotional reading that you were getting emotional about <laughs> yeah. you know getting on the yeah. summit there. I mean, that's. Yeah. That's that's huge, yeah. and that's that's what makes this all. This is my favorite shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cropped incorrectly. Yeah, that's real life. <laughs> that's artistic. <laughs> yeah, Abby uh, has a great way of capturing yeah. the two of you perfectly. 
Yeah, because she's a professional wedding photographer. She's like, Jordan, I want to take photos of you and Mark. Now look into Mark's eyes and smile. I'm like, oh, we're not one of your couples. <laughs> I mean, this is a pretty great like, engagement but, shot you know, right fun. here. Yeah. We, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. we went with a lot of it and had fun and got some cool, yeah. cool photos. Yeah. So. Um, all right, so we bail on, Mark gives up on the Teflon. Um, we get peed on. Oh, what? Oh, that's no. worth that's worth noting. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely yeah. worth noting. What? Well, okay, because like we're still trying to team free it, right? And Mark doesn't do the Teflon. There's another. There's the Boulder problem right next to it. That's another option that Mark was basically too short to do. And so I was I was getting ready to climb the Boulder problem. And there's these guys up at the top of the south, the head wall. Um, which overhangs the whole route, and they're just hanging it off, just like yeah. spraying it, and it's just raining down on us. We're like, oh god, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. So, just things that happen. El Cap smells like piss. Just know it. <laughs> yeah. Don't lick, um, don't lick your fingers. <laughs> um, and then yeah, so we so we climbed a few pitches and got to this uh, this ledge called the Block, um, which there's a really old photo of Mark. 1976, right? Uh, 74. 74, when he was 18 years old, when he climbed his first Rio Arnold Cap, the South A Wall. Oh, man. Um, and there, it's a really old, old school classic photo. And we, we got to that ledge and we kind of like we're taking a break before we moved on to the Enduro Corner, which we were planning to climb at the end of that day. And I was like, Mark, I'm just imagining an 18 year old you sitting like right there, and it's blowing my mind, you know? <laughs> Just like so hard to conceive of how crazy that is, and now I'm here with him now, and you know. It's well, and it's blowing your mind. I know. Well, right. <laughs> I'm the guy who's there. <laughs> yeah. So, so we just kind of started reminiscing a little bit, and and um, Mark wasn't disappointed that he didn't free climb the Teflon. He was more. And that's kind of brought us. I think that me mentioning that brought us back to just how wild it is being up there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Mark started crying. It is terrible. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, Sam. They're doing this film about it. You'll see it one of these days. But I was always joking them that there's going to be this whole twenty minute gag reel of just me crying. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. But there, there was. Now, if we're going to talk about Mark crying, there was a moment that Cal told me about that yeah. you did. You did cry on El Cap on Golden Gate. Was it? Oh, I've cried a few times up there for sure. Oh yeah, see, brings it brings out the brings out the emotions doing this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it pushes you to the limit sometimes, and most of the time, it's just out of like joy and just the craziness of being up there with a good friend. Or oh yeah, absolutely. You know, six, succeeding on something you never thought you might be able to that particular instance with Callan was because i took this huge like 50 foot fall and like broke some rock and cut my hand and my glasses fell off and it was just like a really end to like a six day wall and i still had a lot of climbing left to do and i was over it and i was i was (laughs) 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 why (laughs) but that was and that was after cal had watched the semi pull rope he was hoping to just like escape on right yeah. yeah. Yeah, he almost cried there. Oh, yeah. right. Callan climbed. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Callan cries a lot on El Cap. <laughs> <laughs> wow. On blast. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but yeah, and so uh, so you get... Right, so we get to this ledge, and uh, yeah, do you want to say anything more about that? Well, okay, so, you know, I mean, it's... And you're in, you know, he's saying things like, Jordan, you're going to have to come back in 40 years and try and climb this again and see what it's like, you know? It's <laughs> actually a good point. So, okay, so... Because I can't imagine, 
I mean, I'm only 25 and I've been climbing for six years. I can't imagine doing anything that long in my life and then coming back and doing it again. You know? Yeah, that's crazy. It's like, imagine going back and doing high school again right now. That yeah. seems ridiculous. And it wasn't that far ago or yeah, that long ago. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So like I was born in New Hampshire and I, I took six weeks off of my senior year in high school to come out West and I, and I cl climbed El Cap. I climbed the South High Wall when I was 18 years old. Um, and also just understand what 1974 means as far as climbing out cap. So we could count on one fixed piece per anchor and one fixed piece per pitch. And there was no such thing as super topo. There was no such thing as super topo guidebooks. There was no such thing as topos. Um, the whole South A wall was described in two paragraphs. So, and like part of it was climb a crack system for 1200 feet. I mean, that was, that's, that's 10 pitches, you know. So it, it, when I got to top of, of, of uh, the Salathe, I mean, it changed my life. I mean, it definitely actually black and white changed my life. I decided that I wanted to live a life outdoors. I wanted to be climbing. I wanted to have a fun life. So for me to come back... I mean, I've climbed El Cap a bunch of times, but now here I am back on the same route and free climbing it, and I'm, you know, an old guy. It's just, I'm just, it's like I'm wigging it out, and, and I'm with Jordan, and we're having this great time, and I'm just going, I mean, the, like the past and the future, or not the future, but the past and the present, and my time there with Max, you know, a really good friend of mine, free climbing it originally, was just all blending together, and I'm just going, how did I... How did I get to live this life? How did I end up doing this? This is ridiculous. You know, it was just, it was wild. That's awesome. It, That's amazing. <laughs> well, and it's, it's funny to you say that the South, it was described in two paragraphs with like just climb a crack system because yeah. I'll, I'll throw myself under on this one. I mean, my first time up who done it, I had like, I mean, you know the beta now. It's like, it tells you every freaking wave every 10 feet. Yeah. I got lost on pitch five. With, with, like, legit beta. I yeah. can't imagine, like, going up in the... A lot more adventurous, yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so so then you get... I mean, do you want to jump right up? Is there anything else you want to talk about as far as, like, that first... Well, and so that one there, like... Okay, so we, we set up our portal edge on Sulatois. So there was the enduro corners, the traverse around the roof, um a hard 5.11 plus pitch that nobody talks about, and then the Scotty Burke and a couple more 5.11 pitches. So, I mean, here's easily a 10-pitch route that's harder than Astroman to do at the end of our five, you know, five and a half days on El Cap, which is going to be the, one, you know, one of the hardest days of my life. And so, which is a day we had uh, had done before we, when we, we hiked to the top and we wrapped in basically 10 pitches and then climbed out. Um, and that went really well. You climbed yeah. super smoothly. And that gave you a bunch of confidence. And you were saying, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if on the actual push, if it was just as easy, which I knew was not going to be yeah. the case. Don't ever say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, I just, again, I just got right into that thing where I've got to do perfect moves. I've got to be the best climber I've ever been. And it was very, very difficult. I mean, I call it the hardest climbing day of my life. Um, you know, we, we modified our schedule a little bit. I had Jordan lead a couple of pitches just because they were very physical pitches. But still, I said to myself, okay, you've got to climb these really, really well. You know, very efficiently, never thrutch, never use too much strength. And, 
And it was, I mean, it was the hardest day of my life, but I was really, really happy again because I had climbed so well. It was one of the best, you know, climbing experiences of my life. Um, and, and I always joke, I always loop these slings and chicken heads and stuff. And so I was finally feeling good at the end of the route and there's this one block that's sort of loose in this chimney and so I took a sling off and I looped it because I knew I knew Jordan would laugh when he saw it. And so then the, then there's that 5-6 pitch to the top and I thought, all right, I, I just gotta climb this 5-6 pitch. And so I went up there and you know, pulled up the rope and pulled up Jordan and you know, and we couldn't get any cell service and so I went off and found cell service so I could talk to my daughter and uh, and I was talking to her, and I'm, you know, I'm crying and crying and crying. And she's saying, "Oh, Dad, you're so awesome and stuff." And and Sam and Ted are filming, you know. And I'm, I'm crying in front of these guys that are filming, you know, which is like, oh God. And so, and and I go, "Okay, I love you, I love you, and I and I hang it, I hang up, and Sam goes, "I think I'm gonna cry." <laughs> it was great. But yeah, that that was the end. And we topped out like at the end of the day, got to spend the night on the summit, enjoy the sunset. And that's kind of when we broke it all down. We're like, okay, the route is 3,200 feet long. The Teflon corner is this long. Yeah. Okay, divide all that, blah, 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 99.7 free as can be. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what we've been going with since then. I love that. That's a good slogan for something. I don't know what, but like that has to stick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we, we wrapped the route the next day and kind of cleaned a lot of our gear. That, that's logistical, not worth getting into. But um, Because uh, you were going back, what, three right. days later? So the, so the plan was to support Mark on the free rider multi-day and then for me to try and do it in a day. And the reason, one of the, I mean, one of the main reasons I was psyched to support you all along is because it would be good for me to try and do it in a day. That, that didn't come out right. <laughs> Thanks. You know what I mean? So like, I didn't mind climbing the route again because it, you know, gives me more familiar and more confident on these pitches and stuff. So oh, for sure. So climbing it multi-day with Mark was a really good preview for me. Yeah. And gave me the confidence and, you know, helped us figure out a plan on how we could try and try and do it in a day. And that was um like a week out so basically we rested and and then sam and sam and ted they're like hey we're making this movie and we really need like good climbing footage of you somewhere else in the valley they're like would you go climb the feet they're just naming all these 513s i'm like Ugh. i'm like no i'm so tired i need to rest <laughs> like i'm not gonna blow myself out um and you know prevent me from doing what i really want to do but i'm like okay i'll go pose down and hang dog on the phoenix um so that they can get footage because I was planning to climb it later in the season. And so we go down there and Mark lower, you kind of have to wrap into it. And so I decide to try it on top rope first and I do it on top rope. I'm like, Mark, I think I can just do this thing right now. And so we did. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, so the history of the Phoenix yeah, is, talk that, about that. is that I did the second ascent of the Phoenix, which is 513. It was the first 513 in the United States. Um, I did it in... 70, 79, 78, May of 78, <laughs> yeah, May of 78. I'm so glad I have him to remind me that I did stuff uh, with hexes. So it's the only hex ascent. Like me, I, I have climbed 513 with hexes, EBs, and a two-inch waistband. 
which is freaking stupid. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, so, and I hadn't been there since then, so I hadn't seen the climb in 40 years. So Jordan, so it was cool, you know, going, oh, wow, I'm going to go play Jordan on this thing. This is going to be great. Yeah, so I, I'd always wanted to climb the Phoenix, and I was obviously very aware of Mark's history on that and thought it would be so cool if he would come, come oh, yeah. climb it with me. So um, I, was, I was glad that he, he was there for that. And uh, Max found one of the hexes that Mark placed on the Phoenix back in 78 and has MH stamped in on it um, on this old sling. And, and he gave that to me as, like a, as a memento. And I was trying to figure out what to do with it. And I ended up, I carry it on my chalk bag now when I go climb most of the time. That's awesome. Um, and so I had it with me the day that, I, that we were there and I climbed the Phoenix and um, I put out big time to, to lead that thing and I get to the top and Mark's, Mark's telling me, he's like, that's the only hex in the world to climb the Phoenix twice. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody else is placing hexes on that thing. Oh, yeah. Right? So, right. I mean, yeah. it was pretty funny. Raise your hand. Has anybody else here climbed on hexes? Nice. Yeah, so few. <laughs> yeah, all three of you. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so you go for the Phoenix, and then then you're so just so make sure everyone knows, the free rider route is uh, the route that Holland went up in free solo, and so this is what you went back then to do in a day. Which also Mark's talking about the Salathe, right? His first route that he climbed yeah. in El Cap, and the route that him and Max try and free climbed. Um, uh, basically, the free rider is just a four-pitch variation to the Salathe that avoids the hardest parts, but is still quite difficult. Um, so, yeah, and then popularized now by by Honold, um, which must be so wild for you to like start the free climbing movement and then see it through to where it is today and have this guy just climb it without a rope. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway. how'd your how'd your in a day mission go? Because anyways, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. It went it went really well. Um, we were, we had a plan working up to, to the day that we were going to start, um, because basically to climb a 3,200 foot route, um, in 24 hours, you have to start at night basically. And, you know, we're trying to get to the crux at like 2000 feet before the sun hits at 9am. So basically we had to wake up at midnight, start climbing at two, get halfway up the route before the sun and then like finish before, before dark. Um, and so we, we didn't want waking up at midnight to throw off our sleep schedule that much. So basically the week leading up to it, thanks to our friend Tom, who's here, he gave us this really good beta on how to basically go to sleep earlier and earlier every night and you know, turning off our phones and taking melatonin and going to sleep when the sun goes down and like waking up earlier just to, so that when we woke up at midnight, it felt normal. Oh yeah. And it worked really well. Yeah, that's um, great. That's good to know. <laughs> We were staying up at our, our other friend Tom's house in Yosemite West, which was really, really helpful to get good sleep. And yeah, so we started at, started at midnight, or woke up at midnight, started at 2 a.m., um, passed, we passed 20 people on the route that day, which was people. total, <laughs> which, was to, which was kind of crazy. And so yeah, we're, I'm, I'm just trying to do exactly what Mark was saying, climb, climb perfect moves, not get too stressed out or amped up or go too fast or too slow any one section, just climb slow and steady um, and basically get to the crux before, before the sun hits. And we're on schedule and Sam's wrapping in from the top to take, to take video and what? I was going to say, Jordan and I are such a great team because we're both total whack jobs. So yeah. like, it's like, okay, 
like okay it's really funny at tom herbert's house there's the two bedrooms and the doors are sort of like this and there's one bedroom here one bedroom here so you know we set our alarm for like two in the morning well anybody else you know you might go is that guy gonna wake up that fucker he better wake up you know he's, we better, I've, <laughs> yeah you I've gotta been, go knock jeremy know. jeremy wake well, up well it, for Time us climb. the alarm goes off and it's like it's a scene out of a movie both doors open at the same time <laughs> and, we, and we both have like our climbing clothes on and ready to go and it's like we don't even like good morning good morning good morning we walk upstairs make coffee and we're in the car 20 minutes later and zoom you know yeah. it's like we're not we're not fiddle fucking around. We're just gonna go find this thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Systems are dialed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty dialed. Yeah, and we had talked about our whole plan leading up to those days and Mark's gonna jumar every pitch and he's like, Okay, how am I gonna get you on belay fast and clean all the gear and just you know, so that we can we can get it done. And I don't know, I'm kinda rambling. What well it, it I mean, from my view, you know, we're climbing there at night, we had been up all this before and we had it really wired and stuff, but you know, the, I mean, I had to Jumar the whole thing, and I'm totally taking old guy credit for Jumaring El Cap in a day. Uh, but it was really, really cool to watch Jordan just climb it and climb it efficiently and easily and move through this whole thing. Um, yeah, and we just climbed through the whole night, and the, the sun was barely coming up when he went through the ear. He still had his headlamp on, and it was, it was neat. Yeah, so it basically went really well until we got to the crux. And I'm telling we're passing all of these people, and you get to this place called, called the Alcove, which is about halfway up the route, and you're looking up, and you can kind of see the pitches leading to the boulder problem. And so I, I get into the Alcove, and I look up, and I see there's one team that's going to go off right onto Golden Gate. I'm like, okay, sweet, they're not going to be in the way. And then there's another team that I'm like, man, these guys are moving fast. They look like they're going to be a free climbing team trying to get on the boulder problem before the sun comes, just like I am. Um, and so I'm climbing faster, trying to, trying to get up there and you get to this, this ledge and it's basically the Teflon goes out left, the boulder problem goes out right. And if you're aid climbing, you go up this crack straight up the middle. And so I get there and I'm like, Hey, are you guys climbing the free rider? They're like, no, we're, they're Italians. They're like, no, we're, we're aiding the South. And I was like, yes, sweet. <laughs> they're not gonna, I was like, sweet. So you don't mind if I climb through and go through the boulder problem? He's like, no, 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 you go ahead. I'll tell my partner um, and he'll make sure he's like not in the way. And I get to the, I get to the anchor and then he's in the middle of the boulder problem off route, like hang dogging, just, just like kind of junk showing the whole thing. And Sam's there filming and, and the sun's coming up and Mark's got the rope stuck. And I'm just like, uh, and, and I have to do the hardest part of the route. And I'm just, and I was expecting to have time to rest. And, you know, it just was really stressful. And uh, I kind of had to talk to this guy and make him realize he was off route. And, you know, it doesn't really matter if you aid climb in the sun. But I was like, hey, could I please try this before the sun comes? It's super important. And so he came down and, and rested, but then they're yelling back and forth in Italian. I'm like, Mark, get up here as fast as you can. <laughs> like, no time, no time to go. And um, we should show that video. It'd be quite funny. Oh, are you doing it? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, so these guys come down and, and I, and I rush through and I get to the last move where you do the karate kick and I'm reaching through and I slip and I'm like, oh my God, no. Uh, like, I know that I have one minute to rest before I have to try again before the and, sun and comes. I'm, and I'm a connoisseur of Jordan's climbing too. So, and I'm sitting down there and the, 
the view from Honol, of Honol doing it is not really from any anchor. It's just from a certain spot. So I've seen it from below over on the Teflon looking at it, and I've seen it from the top looking down at it, but I'd never seen it from that particular belay. And so I could, I mean, he was doing it really well and everything, and he's standing on these two, like, ultra-tiny holds. It was really crazy. He's looking really good, and he, and he kicked over, and I just, ugh, I just knew, and he leaned over too fast, and he slipped, and I went, oh, and, uh, and the sun, the sun line is like five feet away, and I'm just going, oh, please, 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 please. So then he, he so like, down jumped it. It was kind of like I was saying before, you, you, approaching a big climb like this, you have parts in your mind that you expect to be easy and parts that you expect to be hard. I had worked it enough where I really wasn't expecting it to be that hard. And then I get there and it's this junk show and it's just throwing me off mentally. And so I fall and I lower back down and pull a rope at the anchor and I'm just sitting there, I'm like, okay, like this is a high pressure moment. Basically do it now in the last minute before the sun comes or you're not gonna do it today. And that would suck because it's a big effort. And you yeah. can see you can see the sunlight just moving like this closer to it. And these guys are yelling back and forth in Italian, and Mark's like, yeah. "Silencio, silencio, silencio!" I'm like, "Mark, that's not Italian." <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> it's Spanish. It's close enough. Um, <laughs> which they they shut up, which was good. <laughs> but you know, I composed myself and 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 did the kick and like at that point the the rock was in the sun and i'm reaching through and then i'm like so jacked up because i didn't really get to rest and you know your heart's beating and i'm like kind of like shaking my way to the top not because i'm like gonna fall but just because just it was intense and he's yeah. on and mark's, he's on, mark's like relax don't fall he's don't on blow jugs he's i'm like i jugs. know i'm just it's too intense because <laughs> you wouldn't <laughs> yeah i'm going relax 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 i didn't want to say anything i'm just going oh relax 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 and then he did it that was so good it was so it was it was freaking impressive well the amount of pressure like to get it, something done in 24 hours is that yeah, huge yeah that's crazy. It was crazy. It was nuts. I mean, we even we talk about like just a crag weekend, right? Like you only have so many time, so many hours to dedicate, and the amount of stress you feel because you're out in Joshua Tree for for two days, and you want to get everything done. Like I can't imagine this level, uh, and and knowing um, that it's going to be publicized, right? Like that people can see the progress now because of social media, and you know these different things, these outlets we have to. Uh, he's got to flick the button up. It should be on. We're good. Yeah, awesome. Um, and and that's another thing we've talked about that I think is uh, is interesting for for the for the two of you, especially Mark. Now that you're climbing um, in the day of social media, so there's that instant feedback to everything you're doing, and it's being filmed, and and you have Sam and Ted dropping in, and, mm -hmm. and a host of other people compared to when you and Max went out there, and it was you know you and your film cameras, right? And whatever you yeah, got was what yeah. you wanted to show. Yeah. Um, and I, maybe I interpret it wrong, but I was telling Mark before we did this that initially, you know, I'd see Jordan and Mark climbing together in the videos and it almost looked like Mark was like, what in the hell are you doing with this phone out all the time? Like, <laughs> yeah. put that away. We got climbing yeah. to do. Um, but that's, that's been an, a cool progression to see, like, you know, you get into that and enjoy that aspect of it. it it's been neat. I mean, we're not, we're not anything special. We're just out there having fun. You know, we enjoy climbing with each other. We enjoy, we just totally... 
feel feel privileged that we get to climb in these great areas we get to climb these things and then we've got such positive feedback from people that it's just we're bringing them along we're real life humans you know we we cry we fail we succeed we enjoy it you know that's what i that's what it is that's what you're going to remember at the end oh yeah and i think that's part of what makes it so relatable and why so many people show up to to talk to hear you talk about this because it is a human side of it and it's not just showing like the glorification of it. You're 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 very honest about all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think especially in in rock climbing and in anything outdoors, um, there is a lot of sense that we need to be hard about it. And you know you can't talk about the fact that it is a beautiful thing. And you get to see sunrises and sunsets and starry nights. Um, but I think we all feel that way because we go outside because we are attuned to nature and to, and to see that not only are you taking down these incredible feats outdoors but you're enjoying that aspect of it and building friendships that are going to last forever that's what we're all looking to do and and to put that out there it makes it relatable it makes it enjoyable for everybody to follow along mm-hmm. um so yeah i think that's uh that's been a great a great reason to get everyone out here and there is there were a few questions on here that i wanted to toss your way and can, can i say one more thing oh of course please. about the end of the free rider yeah please do for um there was one more crux there was the the enduro corner right, the one that Mark had talked about at the beginning. And we get there and there's three Italians top roping the first pitch and then there's three other dudes aid climbing the next one and going up the south day. And so it was another moment you're like, okay, I'm just gonna sit here and like hide from the sun and try not to get psyched out. And then they eventually come down. I'm like, oh, how'd it go? They're like, oh, it's too hot. I'm like, sweet, my turn to go try. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and uh, that was a pitch that I had rehearsed a lot and felt really confident on but was kind of I learned a lot from Mark um, thinking back to his last day on on his ascent and talking about how tired he was and how when you're that tired you know you don't have any extra energy to power your way through a crux that you might normally be able to when you're feeling stronger and how you really have to climb that much better and basically yeah mark had hit the hardest day of his life at the end of the free rider and i was like that wasn't that bad and then i had the hardest day of my life at the end so we kind of like got to the top and we're like oh yeah kind of understand you know we're both had a similar experience up there oh yeah it's a great equalizer right (laughs) yeah totally it was great it was it was crazy that's awesome awesome. that's wild um so we're running a little short on time so i can't ask um ask all these um but yes, you, we can. We can do them. There's only three. There's only three. Okay, let's start with the first one, anonymous. So we'll start at the bottom. What have each of you learned from climbing with each other? Okay, I'm going to answer this one because we get this a lot. Um, you might not think it because Mark's been climbing twice as long as I've been alive, but based on how modern climbing is going, uh, I teach Mark more about free climbing, and modern free climbing, I would say, Yeah. Um, than Mark teaches me about climbing. And Mark teaches me more about life. So he's my life mentor. I'm his climbing mentor. That's awesome. <laughs> I like that. Well, this one actually, with uh, Nathan Winicki asks, Mark, do you plan on bringing Jordan up any long A climbs on El Cap anytime soon? Uh, actually, we've talked about doing the wall of the early morning light. Um, oh. The real, you know, the original one. Um, Obviously, because I'm going to try the Dawn wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. But, uh, and it's not, I mean, it's not a particularly hard El Cap Aid route, but I mean, it's just, it goes through some beautiful areas and it's classic. So Cause it's, my, one, it's one I haven't done. My first route on El Cap was an aid route and 
I did it and I was like, that was way too slow and I'm not psyched. Next time I'm gonna go free climbing and that's basically all I've done since. But then I, I hear about Mark and I see how he looks at El Cap. He's like, yeah, telling me stories from being on that section with this person and here and you know, he's just been all over the wall and my time in El Cap has kind of been very specific locations on El Cap and that's kind of it. Cause I, um, so I'm like, yeah, I'd really like to go climb different parts of the wall, whether it's free climbing or aid climbing, purely just to experience a different part of El Cap because it's a beautiful rock, so. Oh yeah, right, That's and that, I think that's like why we want to expand our, our climbing skills, whether it be great or the types and disciplines, so we can explore more of all that stone out there. And it's that world of aid climbing where I would, where Mark would be the true climbing mentor to me because I don't know much. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole different system, yeah. Um, Ryan, I hope I get the last name right, Jerkowski. Uh, you gave some advice to me today saying to make sure to have fun climbing. What are the three top ways you have kept climbing fun for all these years? Um, Do you remember what we said? No, I forgot already. <laughs> uh, don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah, don't take yourself too seriously. You suck eventually. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. What was the other one? Um, I'm forgetting now. Uh, don't take yourself too seriously. Uh, damn it. I don't know. I mean, that, that, uh, that no. was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, climb with fun people. Climb with fun people, yeah. I mean, don't... Leave your ego at the door. Yeah, leave yeah. your ego at the door. I mean, it's just... And like I said earlier, you know, when you're lying in that bed with those twos up your nose, you're not going to remember the name of the route. You're not going to remember how hard it was but you're gonna remember the time you had on it you know you're gonna remember the people you did it with um, and when I go up on a route now that's what I'm looking for I want to I want to climb fun things with fun people um, and I just you know like I go I go up like we've we did a bunch of routes at the Hulk and this year and just it's so beautiful the area is so beautiful I just love being there the stars are so bright the climbing is so good the cliff is so good it's just appreciating just that we can do this freaking stupid thing and it's so it's just so cool it's just so fun um, and just I think it was Dean Potter that said, if you don't do it for love, you're not going to do it for the rest of your life. So if you're doing it you know, to get in the magazines or if you're doing it to get sponsored, well, good luck. But if you do it for love, if you do it because you love it, you love the people, you love the thing, you love being out in nature, um, I really, I, I mean, I say, I don't want to get killed on El Cap, but I don't, wouldn't mind dying on El Cap. Um, you know, and it's like I hike to the top of El, or I climb, I climb El Cap, and I spend the night on top of El Cap. I don't care what time of day I top out. I want to spend the night on top of El Cap because it's so beautiful. You know, that's part of the experience. So, do it for the experience. Don't do it for the number. You know, and that is the coolest because that is why I started this whole thing in the beginning. And so, funny enough, Jordan was my my very first guest and um, I, I hardly knew him and I reached out because I said I want to do this thing I want to share stories that can inspire all of us to go chase something bigger than our nine to five right because we sit in there and we're not making memories we're not having all these experiences we want we cram it into two days two days out of seven we try to have as much enjoyable pleasure as we can and, and go climb rocks and, and bag peaks and do whatever it is um, and that's not enough because 
when you die, the people that will come and visit and celebrate your life are not the people that you slaved away in an office with, right? They're going to be all these kinds of people who you've had these moments and these memories with. And so, you know, getting to know people like George and Mark and, and uh, it compelled me to quit my job and, and to do this. And so it's been a blast. And these are the kind of things that I'm chasing, like those stories where you remember all those nights on some random peak and not you know, the night you put extra hours in, you know, and you stay at work late and you, uh, you slaved away so you can maybe go on a vacation. Um, so it's, it's a big deal to me that all of you, that all of you came out to show up for this, that, that you guys are willing to share your stories and that, um, yeah, this is all, this is all super awesome. And this, this gives me hope that this is the right thing to be doing. So thank you all so much for coming out, for showing up, for uh, joining us. Thank you, gentlemen, for, uh, for doing what you do and inspiring all of us. Yeah, thanks, Cody. I'm stoked yeah. to see what you're doing. Yeah, thank, thank you. you very much. Yeah. inside.